0: You are listening to a recording from Mayo Baptist Church. We invite you to come, worship with us, where we strive to love God, love others, and serve the Lord. sins forgot there is a grave they tried to hide this precious blood they gave me life They gave me life, but in three...
1: This is the day the Lord has made, I will, and and we do that because God's love, plan, and purpose for our lives transcends any of our circumstances on any given day. Amen? So I'm so happy to be here with you tonight and rejoice in the Lord with you. Thank you, Pastor, for the privilege of being a part of your life and ministry here at Mayo Baptist. And thank you, uh, Dale and choir for that awesome singing, that was worth the drive from Gainesville for that alone, thank you, it's awesome, so I come from Gainesville, or is that Gatorville, yeah, Uh, yeah, better, yeah, I'm sure we have a sprinkling of Seminoles in here somewhere, which, which reminds me, "Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. He's got something wrong with his arm. We might have need to have a healing service here." Uh, <laughs> there were three Seminole fans who were Christians. Uh, somebody said, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> and they, <laughs> yeah. And they were standing on the bank of this raging river, and they needed to cross to the other side. So the first one stepped up to the bank, and he said, Lord, give me the strength to swim across this raging river to safety. So he jumped in, and God gave him strength, and he swam across to safety on the far shore. The second Seminole fan stepped up to the bank, and said, God, give me the resources I need to cross this raging river. And so God gave him a raft and oars, and he crossed safely to the other side. The third Seminole stepped up to the bank, and he said, God, give me the intelligence that I need to cross this raging river. And so God turned him into a gator fan. <laughs> and he walked 50 yards down the bank and walked across a raging river on a bridge. <laughs> Is there an amen in the house, gator fans? <laughs> Oh gosh, well, Lord's grace is good for us all, isn't it? Amen? <laughs> if I, I learned after 34 years as pastor of Westside in Gainesville, you better be a Gator fan or prepare to go to heaven, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was, I've been praying for your week of meetings here this week at Mayo and I was praying much of the way over here for your pastor and his family and for this church family, and, um, and I'm, I'm trusting God for good things tomorrow night as well in this coming Lord's Day, but you know what I was asking God for tonight? I was asking him to mark indelibly on your mind or heart something that will stay with you For the rest of your life. Now, I know that's a pretty big prayer. But that's what I have prayed. And that's what I want us to pray now before we turn to God's Word. So, Father, thank you for the joy of knowing you, being loved by you, being graced by you. And Lord, it is our prayer that you would meet us in a very unique way here tonight. We're here for your wisdom. We're here for your healing. We're here for your guidance. And God, your word is to meet every need in our lives. And so we pray, we do pray that you would would sear a phrase or a statement or a verse or a conviction upon our hearts and in our minds that will guide us, encourage us for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, in the words of one author, we live in a time of gaping jaws of uncertainty. That ring true with you? Now we cannot turn on television without hearing about terrorism and here on our own country, and we've seen the tragedy that has taken place. We have, it seems like, constantly another confrontation with some kind of disease, the latest being the Zerka virus, and our government spending millions of dollars in research to deal with that virus. We have, we have this kind of looming um, prediction of economic collapse in our country. And, and to- on top of all of that, we, we're having this insane discussion going on in our country about what gender we are on a given day and what bathroom we are to go to. Having served Westside Baptist for 34 years, the greatest privilege of my life, transition now for the last two years, I've been in a lot of churches, a lot of places. And while it is true, there are those churches in which there is vision and passion and unity and a sense of mission and the people standing on their feet and sacrificing for the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, by and large, there's many churches that are compromised And are leaving very little impact on their community and on this culture. And there is a gaping jaw of uncertainty in the life of many churches. Families. Families, I, I over the course of my ministry, I've never seen a time of such brokenness within families. Broken hearts. Shattered dreams. Almost weekly, I'm involved in one way or another with a new episode of some kind of brokenness. You know that, don't you? Because you know it in your own families or among your friends. What I want you to see is that it was during a time in which there was a gaping jaw of uncertainty when Jesus was asked this question. Take your Bibles, please, and let's go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and we'll pick up on verse 24. And uh, please stand with me uh, in honor of God's word. Mark. Mark. Chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, And with all of your strength, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Thank you. Please be seated. And so in that day of gaping, the jaw of gaping uncertainty, not so unlike the day in which we're living now in our own culture, Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing we can do at this time? facing these challenges, dealing with these problems. And Jesus said, love God, love God, and love one another. That is the defining force of our faith. So let's unpack that for a moment. Love God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we can and we want to because Scripture teaches us that God is Love, God is love. Scripture teaches us, this is how we know what love is. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is what Scripture says, but God demonstrated His love, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Scripture says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. Now, I didn't say a scripture that you didn't already know, did I? But now listen. You see, when this, when this truth comes home viscerally to us, we say, God, we, we love you with as much of ourselves as we understand and we want to understand more so we can love you more. So, Lord, remove, remove the blindness from our eyes. Further release us from the grip of selfishness. Soften our calloused hearts so that we might love you with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. Isn't that the longing of our hearts? Uh, Brian Harbour was a colleague in ministry. Um, he was a few years before me at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. But while he was there in, in seminary, he pastored a small church in a small Texas community as I did. In fact, would you believe that I had the privilege of pastoring in godly Texas? Yeah. Yeah so named after a medical doctor who helped found the community 150 years ago. It was something of a boot camp in ministry, but it was in Godly Texas. So Brian, he was pastoring, and in this uh, little community, uh, there was a family, a little family, and that little church reached out to his family. The father was an alcoholic. The mother was promiscuous, and so it comes as a surprise to none of of us that the daughter struggled with her sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Some of the youth, like these sitting right over here in front of me, reached out to this family, and the teenage daughter responded, and she came to church, and she came under the sound of the good news of Christ. And in time, she received Christ as her Savior. She became involved in a Bible study. And as she matured in her faith, Pastor Brian invited her to share her testimony with that little church family. So on that Sunday morning, she stood behind the pulpit. And Brian said, I was sitting behind her, and she was so frightened that I could visibly see her legs shaking. So she stood there in front of her little church family with a long pause, and then she said, I was a nobody, and Jesus made me a somebody. Now, you see, what was true of her is true of all of us we were lost, we were blind, we were confused, we were subject to our own destructive nature, and Jesus Christ came with the good news of His grace, His love, His forgiveness, and He gave us immeasurable worth and self-esteem and identity in Him. So surely anyone who knows God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to love God with all of our hearts. I was a nobody, Jesus made me a somebody. Would you say that with me? I was a nobody, and Jesus made me a somebody. He sure did. He sure did. Mm. Uh, My mission, vision after uh, leading Westside into a transition to their new pastor, Pastor David. My vision is to influence people for Christ in uh, churches and organizations and businesses. And that's kind of taken two complementary paths. Uh, One is global leadership. That's my mission work at various places around the world. And the other is leadership coaching. That is, helping others do what they cannot or won't do alone. So a few months ago, I had the opportunity to coach a recently retired United States Army general. His last assignment uh, was at the National Defense University, and as you know, that's where our military strategists are trained, that's where our... Agency personnel are trained for national security, etc. And so that kind of gives you an insight into who he was, what he did. Now, I want to tell you what he said in that conversation up front in that coaching session. He said, Gary, I took off my uniform, and I don't know who I am. I've been in a black hole for almost two years. Do you know what he was referring to? He was talking about the pain of transition. He was talking about living a life in which his value came from a position and authority and he, when he took his uniform off, he lost his value. Now, I don't know. It may be that some of you have dealt with transition and you know something about that pain. But I walked that journey myself after the loss of my wife seven years ago this November. And I walked that journey with Transit leading Westside in transition. And now I've walked with a lot of people in transition. But here's the deal. You see, he was asking, Gary, what am I to do? And I'm saying, sir, uh, there might be a better question. What do you think it might be? Ah. Uh, so we got to it. Who am I? And who am I becoming? Then I can determine what I'm going to do. I said, Exactly. And he was Christian, he is a Christian. And so he said, "So when I took my uniform off, I didn't take off the righteousness of Christ in my life. I did not take off his hand of favor and blessing and love and value that he stamped on my life." I said, "You sure didn't." Sure. We want to love God with all of our hearts. Love God. Then Jesus said, love others. Hmm. Help me with these verses. Since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. This is a new command that I give to you. Love one another. And then Jesus had the audacity to say, love your, did he mean what he said? Really? Love your enemies. Hmm. You see, when we love God, we are going to love what God loves. And what God loves more than anything are sinners like you and me who has been redeemed through his love and through his grace. If I were to ask you, what is the most important word in any language, what would you say? God. What? God. If I were to ask you, what is the second most important word in any language, what might you say? Well, God is love, so that's kind of one and the same, isn't it? What else might you say? May I suggest to you relationship? Think about it. All the love that we've ever known, all the love that we will ever know comes through our relationship with God, with one another, and with others. When we have a relationship with God vertically then he places a love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to love others because we love what God loves. Now, this is going to get a little bit gritty here in a moment, so hang in. Jeff and Barbara Singerman. Um, they've been in Benin, West Africa until recently for 24 years. We partnered with them at West Side. Uh, A missionary family of whom I have no greater respect and admiration. They raised three children there. Now they're all back in the States, all the children. One's a physician, one is a uh, minister to youth, and one is uh, planning a church on a university campus. And they got, mm, I think, two, three grandchildren now. A couple of years ago, the International Mission Board Ask them to consider moving after 24 years of embedding their lives in the people groups of Benin, West Africa, a very difficult place, the capital, the home, the birthplace of voodoo. Ask them to move to the Congo. Now, while West Africa is dark, it's very dark. I've been in those villages. The Congo, as you may know, has a dark and bloody history. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, maybe you saw 50 were killed in the state capital of Kinshasa because of governmental unrest. In some ways, not so unlike what we're experiencing here in America. And so... Jeff and Barbara, they struggled with this decision to go to the Congo after 24 years in West Africa. They decided to go. And so at the age of 60, they left to a new country, a new culture, a new language, new people groups, and essentially alone, i.e., no other international personnel there. So because of the global leadership work that I do and my relationship with them, I wanted to go and see if I could be helpful to them last year. That was their first year there. So I went, took two guys with me. God favored that trip wonderfully. We trained 2,000 persons in in leadership. We flew into Kinshasa, which is the capital city that I just noted, and we did some training there. And then we went a nine-hour trip into the bush to Ketwick, Chetwick is where um, AIDS were discovered back in 1925. That's where Ebola first broke out in 1960 and has subsequently since then, including last year. And we did some training there, and then we went out to Ediofa, another eight or nine hours into the bush, and the last missionaries there were killed, but they welcomed us warmly, and we arrived late that afternoon, dusk and we were in a compound where we had something of a bed and a bucket bath, and we were standing around in that little courtyard talking, Jeff and the two guys that were with me and a national or two, and then this other national came up, and he began to introduce himself, tell us that he had ridden for two days on the back of a small moped to get there for two days of training that we were doing. He told us about how a Baptist evangelist, who was there on a mission trip, led him to Christ a number of years ago. He talked about how God called him in the ministry. He talked about the vision he had for unreached people groups in the river basin and the pygmy people, which I also carry a vision for. He told us about how he and his wife were living in faith, truly not knowing where the next meal might be coming from. And while we're standing there listening to him, I saw a tear begin drifting down Jeff's face. In a moment, he looked over at me. And he said, Gary, that's why we are here. Do you get it? Because we love what God loves. And it doesn't matter if it's the persons in the darkest, most remotest area of the earth. Where my heart is. Taking the gospel to the hard places, the unreached places. It doesn't matter if it's in those places or if it's the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, your neighbor down the street. We love what God loves. And I want to tell you something. It's one thing to love God who is love. And it's another thing to love fellow sinners like we are. Amen in the house? That's where the rub comes in, isn't it?